Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not look. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. It's Women of Wagertainment Wednesday on the Daily Tip. It certainly is. Good morning, everyone. It is a daily tip from BQL presented by BetMGM on a Women of Wager Team at Wednesday. So coming up, we will take a deep dive into both the NBA and college basketball from last night. And if we learned anything along the way, at 6.20, we'll do more basketball. Then at 6.40, we're going to make a case for each team to win the Super Bowl. We'll talk about the Niners' chances, the Chiefs' chances, with the hype already underway at 7 o'clock. More NFL as we play Read and React, followed by our good friend Lucy Burge joining the show at 7.20. And then finally, during the 8 o'clock hour, we highlight the best games from the NBA as we chat with BetQL's Kate Constable and wrap things up with our best bets. Chelsea, it looks like now you're back to close to being 100%. How are you on this Wednesday? Let's see how the voice sounds. Oh, it doesn't oh. sound great. Okay, so Ooh. the throat is definitely not back to normal. I'm feeling meh, but at least my eye doesn't look terrible. Like, I don't look like I have some disease from the Middle Ages in my eye. So that is a plus, but I definitely am. Okay, I'm glad you're feeling better. I, You know what I should do is I should develop a d- disease just to make you feel better, at least for the week. Just for a couple days, you know, all of a sudden I'm talking. Some of my skin falls off of my cheek and no one pays attention to your eye. You can't even see your eye anyway. 
I feel like it looks fine just now. So I'm sorry I don't feel great, but you wouldn't be able to tell, at least by looking at you. So does that make you feel any better? Or are you like, duh, whatever, dude. I just want to get back to being myself again. I think it's just hard when you do a show where you have to use your voice and your voice mm -hmm. doesn't sound great. Because whenever right. you're watching a show and you can tell somebody's voice is off, you're like, oh, they're sick. Gross. Uh, so yeah. I know I'm acknowledging it. My voice is not the same as it normally is. It's going to be a little bit of a struggle. But, you know, hopefully the points and, you know, the arguments that I will be making will still be valid enough for you to look past my voice that's not 100%. Actually, every time I disagree with you, I'm going to say, Chelsea, I can't understand what you're talking about because your voice, and I'm just going to be a real jerk the entire show. No, I'm sure it's going to be great. So what was not great was my best bet. I'll get into that. But you went one and one last night on the old college hardwood. Let's talk about it. Yeah, best bet was TCU minus five against Texas Tech, kind of riding some of these home favorites because it feels like home court advantage in college hoops this year has been a real thing. Uh, TCU mm -hmm. won that one 85 to 78. That was a winner. But K-State and Oklahoma, my goodness, what a slow start from K-State. I thought they were going to score like 30 total points. I turned on this game or I looked at the score with like, I think eight minutes left in the first half. K-State okay. had like five points. I was like, uh-oh. So it was just not Kansas State's night. They could not hit the broadside of a barn. Uh, it was just a bad night overall for K-State. So, like, I don't regret it. It's just sometimes you get that in basketball. It's teams don't shoot well. No, I get that. I have to say that every time I fade, and I mean every single time that I fade the Sharks on this show, they end up winning. I don't know what's going on. And this is arguably the worst team in hockey. They are terrible. And I thought, all right, I get the cracking on the three-way money line. It's a pretty cheap prize. It's minus 130. Surely these cats will not win. What do they do going into the all-star break? Oh yeah, the Sharks went two nothing. Sick and tired of it, Chelsea. I'm sick and tired. I guess, you know, this does happen from time to time in sports betting and it's really odd and it's not specific to hockey. It's sometimes, even if it's a bad team, have you experienced this where you bet against them, you fade them, and against all odds, and it's not like the Kraken or Stanley Cup contenders, but you know what I mean, where it's a really bad team, and technically they should lose, and they find a way whenever you fade them? <clears throat> yeah, it's usually the Wizards for me, because the Wizards are not a good basketball yeah. team, but I swear whenever I take the other side against the spread, it is always the Wizards that turn in to a semblance of a good basketball team. Oh, man, every single time for me. Sick and tired of it. All right, whatever. We'll figure it out. It's just one loss. We got an entire day to think about our bets for this evening. As for the Donkster, you know, he's been stuck in the studio. And I have to say, maybe that's what's best for him. Because he has not lost this week. Had Dayton Lane. Well, oh, Double D, you caught me with that one. Dayton wins 83-61, laying 12 and a half points. And then the Donkster said, you know what? I'll take a shot on South Carolina. And number five, Tennessee, under 136 and a hook. South Carolina wins 63-59, so only 122 points in that game. So for the week, Chelsea, what we're doing is we're just idling. We're like a car waiting to take off and just blister down the stretch. You're one and two. I'm one and one. The Donkster hasing us at 4-0. But honestly, I think he was due for a good week because he was so bad over the past couple of weeks. Do you think we should just keep him in the closet? until he loses maybe this is what he needs just some time to himself 
Uh, clearly whatever he's doing is working, but you are the father. You get the ultimate say, <laughs> because when it comes to parenting, nobody knows your child better than you do. So Jenks, I think the decision should all be up to you. I don't like him, so I don't want to be around him. Yeah, of course he's going to stay in a closet. I give him tough love. And then one day when he's a much older inflatable donkey, he'll say, oh, my dad was tough on me, but it was it was because of love. It's the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. I'm Jake. She is Chelsea. And last night in the NBA. All right, where should we start? How about in Boston, where the Celtics beat the Pacers 129-124, the Pacers Getting eight points. The Celtics minus 355 on the money line at Ben MGM. Please send me a robe. It's been three years. I want my robe. Total set at 249. The over hits. Jason Tatum, 30 points to go along with two critical blocks in the final 30 seconds of this game, doing it on both ends of the court, sending the Celtics to the win column. Jalen Brown with 25, Derek White 24, and Boston gets it done despite the return of Tyrese Halliburton for Indiana, who scores only 13 points on 5 of 16 shooting. I think we both like the Pacers here to cover the number, and I'm kind of surprised they did, even with Halliburton have a tough shooting night. Well, also, Tyrese Halliburton only played 22 minutes, so it wasn't a full Mm -hmm. load for Tyrese Halliburton. So I do feel like the best is still yet to come for this young Pacers team, and this is, one of I believe, one of the first times we've seen uh, Tyrese Halliburton on the court with Pascal Siakam, uh, who is a nice little pickup for the Pacers. And I don't think there's any shame in going to Boston and only losing by five to the Boston Celtics, who have been an absolute juggernaut at home this mm-hmm. season. 22 and straight up when playing in Boston this year. This is similar to the other night when the Bucks lost on the road to the Nuggets. Like, that's a tough place to play. It's one of the best teams in basketball. Porzingis actually did play in this one. That's why I was a little hesitant because um, he was questionable going into this game. Uh, But as I'm watching the highlights, he had some big plays here. But the Pacers may be one of those teams that we can get back to betting on because there was a stretch where they weren't covering numbers. A lot of it has to do with Tyrese Halliburton, not only in the box score, but he is the facilitator of the offense because it should be noted that he did have double digit assists in this game, 10 dimes, which is back Mm -hmm. to kind of his old numbers, at least when it comes to assists. Yeah, no question about it. When you have a couple of guys, particularly big names like Siakam and Halliburton, and they're learning to play together These guys are pros. They've done this before. It's not the first time they've been inserted into a different lineup or played with someone who is, you know, maybe they're not accustomed to playing with them before. Does that affect your handicap at all? Do you say maybe they'll take time for these guys to come together and sort of feel each other out? Or do you say, look, these guys are going to figure it out. They're two of the best in the league. Well, it always depends on the number because you could say that, but the Pacers still covered the spread. So, yes, it goes into it. But at the end of the day, you are playing a number here, and it's always going to be a big one when you're talking about the top dogs in the NBA, especially when they're playing at home. So I feel like the Pacers, you know, maybe when they're on the road here, I think that's a good sign, you know, that you're playing at least decent on the road. Maybe those are the spots where you take uh, the Pacers against the spread. Let's go from one coast to the other where the Warriors top the Sixers, 119-107, Warriors laying two, Warriors minus 135, total set at 233, the under hit. This was a very suspicious line yesterday because at one point, I think the Warriors were laying four and a half. Now, Tyrese Maxey did not play in this game, but Joel Embiid did. But 
that's going to be the big story coming out of this game because Steph Curry was magnificent. 37 points, 12 of 17 from the field. Carded his third straight 30-point game. But Joel Embiid scores only 14 points and leaves the game in the third quarter after Jonathan Kaminga falls on his left leg. So Embiid will have an MRI today. The Warriors playing much better now. Looks like they're coming together. Draymond Green returned last night from his second suspension. But the Sixers have dropped four straight. And once again, here we go. It's just been a, a theme throughout his entire career. And maybe it's not a big deal this time. But now we're going to have to keep tabs on Joel Embiid and his health. Yes, this is especially important if you're betting on the NBA futures markets. Because obviously Joel Embiid, one of the contenders for MVP, like he was last year, won it last year. Uh, but it feels like maybe those past two years, he has given it everything he's gotten. He's tried to stay mm -hmm. on the court. And so maybe this is kind of the year where he falls back to earth, at least from a playing perspective at least from availability uh, uh, standpoint because obviously when he is playing and he's 100 he's always good but that's never been the problem with joel bead at least in the regular season so we will see it, it would be a big uh knockout to see him out of this race nicole yokish your favorite even money sga plus 350 and joel Embiid sitting at plus 450 still man that's the one thing with Embiid. <laughs> Which we all know, right? If he's if he's on the court and he's amazing, he certainly has the capability to win. He's the reigning MVP. But, man, you just never, ever know with him. Hopefully, at least for the game of basketball. And if you have a future on Joel Embiid, the MRI will come back with nothing serious and he'll only miss a few games. But, again, the Sixers need him because they are really struggling to put together dubs right now. Down in Atlanta, the Hawks crush the Lakers 138-122. The Hawks laying five and a half points. Hawks. Minus 220 on the money line. I'm so mad at myself. I didn't play this. This is my favorite play yesterday in the NBA. And of course, I didn't do it. Total set at 248. The over hits. Anthony Davis does not play for the Lake Show. And it could have used him. Trey Young scores 26 points, hits his first six shots from three point land. And then right after halftime, the Hawks come out and immediately start firing. They lead by 17 almost immediately. After the break, they send the Lakers to back-to-back double-digit losses despite 20 points from LeBron James. I don't know what you take away from a game like this because the Lakers are so top-heavy in how they get production. It's obviously Austin Reeves and LBJ and AD. So when AD is not playing, you sort of say, well, what did you expect? This is not a deep Lakers team. Well, also, it just doesn't feel like the urgency is there. And maybe it should be because you look at their overall record sitting right around 500. But when he does not play, it just feels like those are games that they kind of wave the white flag. And we already had that monster performance from LeBron. Uh, what was it? Over the weekend against Steph Curry. It feels like the King is kind of saving his bullets for games like that. Not a game against the Hawks. And yes, you can kick yourself and say, this line stunk to high heaven. And whenever a line looks that stinky, you should probably take it. But mm -hmm. Atlanta is not really a team that if they didn't cover, you could look at the stats and be like, well, at least I could justify it. No, right. Atlanta has been one of the worst covering teams in all of basketball against the spread at home four and 18 this year. Mm -hmm. So like I wasn't looking at this game and saying, oh, I should have played that because if the Hawks lost, you look at that and you say, OK, you should have seen it coming. The Hawks, regardless of this line, are still not a trustworthy basketball team. 
Yeah, I would say, and I know there are spots where there's always an exception to the rule, right? These are never hard and fast across the board tenants. But when you're talking about bad teams like the Pistons or the Spurs or the Hawks against the number, it is really hard to trust, at least for me, really bad teams, even when they're in a spot or in a position where the line is telling you, hey, this is probably the right call or this team is playing better right now. I know they haven't been good all season, but this is the right side. And I have a hard time pulling the trigger because I know like the one time I bet on the Spurs or the Wizards or the Hawks or some team like that to cover the number, of course they're going to lose. I'm going to say that's what you get. Exactly. But this is also one of the problems that if you are just betting sporadically on a sport, the uh, strategy that you have can't really be played. Do you get what I'm saying? Is, you know, if you are playing a strategy over the course of the season, you can't just play it, you know, once or twice. You've got to give it the full brunt of the effort. And I think that's why it's kind of tough for us to get on the Mm -hmm. horse when it comes to the NBA, when you're not betting it every night and when you're not, you know, giving it your all. So I think it's been tough for us in the NBA for that reason, because you got to give, you know, the strategy time to pan out. Yeah, you do. And LeBron said after this game, I thought it was interesting. He said, We could, on any given night, beat any team in the NBA. But on any given night, we can get our ass kicked by any team in the NBA. What's our record? Under 500? There you go. And that's exactly where the Lakers are right now. Coming up next here on the show, time to check out a busy Tuesday on the hardwood, along with number Tennessee trying to hold off that upstart South Carolina Gamecocks team. This is the Daily Tip from BQL, presented by BetMGM. Stay right there. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Wednesday, the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. I'm Michael Jenkins. She is Chelsea Messenger. Coming up, a Big 12 battle in Fort Worth is just part of what we saw last night in college basketball. Chelsea, I saw this headline yesterday. Don't these headlines like this one I'm about to read come out like every month, I feel like? Asteroid the size of a sports stadium is hurtling towards Earth. Nat, this is confirmed by NASA. There's five of them, one of which about the size of, oh, I don't know, Levi's Stadium headed our way, about to plunge into the earth. I feel like I've seen so many of these stories that they, I just look at them and I go, okay, sure. I hear this all the time. Do these ever concern you? Do you ever read a headline like this and you say, oh my God, apocalypse is coming. It's over. I better get in my underground bunker because that big stadium-sized asteroid is on its way. So what's the source here? Because I think that's what your first, you know, thing is. What was the website? Oh, there's numerous. It's Unilad, which, but it's, you can check NASA. Like there's a link to NASA's report. So it's, it's not, it's not like I got this from the weekly world news or something that's some sort of TMZ run around. This happens all the time. I mean, it happens all the time where 
NASA will look into space with their various capabilities and telescopes, and they'll find something monstrous, and it's hurtling towards Earth. But the problem is space is so vast, and the actual chances of it hitting the Earth are pretty minuscule. But then you don't really learn that until you read deeper into the article. Well, also, you know, wouldn't we hear about this? Like, that's the problem. It's like, okay, well, if it's all over the news, like, I'll start listening. Mm -hmm. But maybe it's not close enough for them to start like panicking because I feel like there's probably still plenty of time for it to like swerve yeah. or change its course. I don't know about asteroids though. Like I could be totally wrong and we could be gone tomorrow. I right. don't know. But you know, it feels like that way. It feels like it would be more urgent yeah. if this was the case. Oh, I, that's the thing. And that's, that's why I always think these headlines are so, I just roll my eyes. Like it's, yes, it's on a direct path towards the earth right now. But also when it flies by, it's going to miss us by 1.7 million miles. Then why is this even a story in the first place? Because it's not, that's what I'm saying. Like in the grand scope of space, it's like, oh, this is pretty close to the earth. But then when you think about it in our terms, which is not this infinite amount of space surrounding us in our atmosphere or in our galaxy, it's nothing. I also think that... As Americans, we would be like, well, is it at least after the Super Bowl? Like, can it wait like, you know, two weeks? <laughs> yeah. Then we'll worry about it. We will worry about it in two weeks after the Super Bowl. That's when we'll worry. I'm for it. Listen, I'm tired. Am I going to have enough in my 401k when I retire? Am I ever going to get this HVAC fixed? I've, I've always got plenty of things on my mind. I lost my bet last night. It's been a bad week for me. I welcome the sweet death from a meteorite hitting this planet that is the size of a stadium. If that's how we're going to go, then I say let it be a football stadium because, by God, I'm a football fan. I feel like chef's kiss. That's the way it should be. Ooh, football guy leaving with a football field yeah. size asteroid. Isn't that the way you want to go? For sure. Yes. I don't know. That sounds pretty terrible. I think I do want to die in my sleep. Oh, don't we all? Nobody gets that that sweet gift. You know, one night you're like, mm, I don't want to go to bed. And you just don't wake up. It's always something like, oh, you know, Jenkins was a good guy. And he just didn't see that, you know, he didn't see that trash compactor behind him. And then he tripped. And oh, oh poor guy. That must have been awful. No, it, it never works that way, Chelsea, but I wish. Hey, how do you trans? How do you transition to college basketball after that? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you why. Because Tennessee had a dumpster fire last night in Knoxville because they lost to South Carolina 63-59 as 14-point favorites. Carolina was plus 14. They were plus 700 on the money line total set at 135. I do, however, have to give South Carolina credit because we were talking about this last week. This is one of the better stories in college basketball right now. Talon Cooper, 18 points, hit a critical three with under a minute to play. B.J. Mack with 16 points. What a surprise season for South Carolina. In a span of a week, they have eaten the top two teams in the SEC, knocked off number 10 Kentucky last week, now the Vols. This was their first road win against a top five team since... 1997. How old were you in 1997? Three? Uh, no, I was born in 1988, so I would have been nine, oh, depending uh, on the time of the year. Oh, very good. Still, South Carolina, fine. Last week, their head coach said, I think it's about time we should be ranked in the top 25. I'm not sure what else they have to do, but they have proven to be a very dangerous opponent in conference play this season. 
Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Oh, yeah. Two big wins over Tennessee, of course, last night. And then earlier in the season, they had a big win over Kentucky. This is the regret of the night. This one was 14 and a half the night before. I was looking at this game, and I saw the spread. I said, hmm, something stinks. Mm -hmm. South Carolina is 17-3 and three entering this game. A big win over Kentucky. Why are they getting this many points? And I thought maybe, okay, Tennessee has been firing on all cylinders, offensively mm-hmm. speaking, coming into this game. Namely, Don Connect has been on another level. He came into this game really cold. Or, excuse me, I should say, he started this game very cold. He kind of showed his head at the end. And you see the box score, and he did end up with quite a few points here. Uh, but still, it was just not a great offensive night for Tennessee. South Carolina certainly deserves some credit, but if you look at the post-game quotes, they're talking about all the missed layups they made, mm-hmm. uh, or excuse me, they did not make. They talk about the free throws that were not made by Tennessee. So a sloppy game from the Vols in which they deserve to lose. South Carolina certainly deserves some credit, but overall a terrible game from Tennessee at home. This is a bad loss for Tennessee. Yeah, they had won 11 of 12 before this loss. Dalton Connect leading the Vols with 31. In Philly, number nine Marquette tops Villanova. 85-80 Marquette getting to Marquette plus 125. On the money line, total set at 141 and a hook. Tyler Kolick scores a career-high 32, including five three-pointers on the night. Stevie Mitchell adds 12 points, nine rebounds. Golden Eagles get a nice win on the road after almost giving up A 20-point lead in the second half. Golden Eagles have won five straight. And Villanova, I don't want to say a tailspin, but for them, for a team, for a a university with such a rich college tradition, they have lost five straight. That's the first time they've had a losing streak like that since 2011. Right. I think from a betting standpoint, this is one of the, the games that you see that followed the trend that's been red hot in college basketball, and that is mm-hmm. unranked home favorites. This has been a cash cow over the last three years, but I think it just goes to show that you still have to handicap the game. You can't blindly bet this trend and expect to you know rack up the wins, although it's been hitting at like 74% over the last few years. So this is, you know, one of the cases where it didn't hit. The other one, of course, K-State last night. They got absolutely spanked. But, you know, no trend is safe when you're a team that only makes like five points in the first eight uh, minutes of the game. So just a, a buyer beware. When we talk about these trends in college hoops, make sure there is a handicap attached to it because you don't just blindly bet some of these trends no matter how hot they are. And Jay Wright was in the building last night. So, you know, that's got to be tough when you're, who's the guy who's their head coach? Kyle Neptune. Is that the guy who's at Villanova right now? And the legend is in the building and the legend's got to be shaking his head. Like, man, if this was my team, we'd never lose five straight. We'd beat Marquette at home. Let's go to Fort Worth. Number 25 TCU upending number 15, Texas tech, 85, 78. Chelsea, you were on this play. TCU laying for the Horny Toads, minus 175 on the money line. Total set at 145 and a hook at BetMGM, King of Sportsbooks. Trevian Tennyson leads the way for the Froggies with 23, while Micah Peavy scores 18. Remember, he used to play at Texas Tech. Now he's in Fort Worth with TCU. TCU down 11 points in the first half, and then they rallied to knock off the top team in the conference. So 
Good win for TCU, even though they were the favorites in this, and we see this a lot, especially in Big 12 play. But nice of them to knock off Texas Tech, which I think their only previous loss in 11 games was at number four Houston. So this will help them down the stretch. Yeah, this is a big win for TCU. They were uh, five-point favorites, though. I think this is the sweet spot where I will mm -hmm. be looking for college basketball plays because when you're a five-point favorite, you're a sizable enough favorite to me to trust you to win the game, especially when you're at home. But also, you see this down the stretch because this was kind of a sweat in like the last two minutes, but TCU mm -hmm. pulled away because of the free throws. So this always goes into the handicap. Uh, that was the one sabotage factor I thought going into this one. TCU was a good shoot, uh, free throw shooting team, but not the best. They did make 75% uh, of their free throws in this one, which is uh, you know enough to get the job done. But still, if you were looking at those five-point favorites, remember free throws could be the deciding factor in covering and you know widening that lead down the stretch. So make sure your team is shooting, you know, at least 70% from the charity stripe. I love nothing more than college basketball free throw Chelsea. Hammering home the ball. But you know what? You're right. Not only is it important that you make it from the charity stripe, but when you're talking about your handicap, it's massive. How much do you go into that as someone who you really go into college basketball handicapping more than I do? Like, seriously, how much do you focus on free throw shooting in games that are supposed to be tight? Well, I think when it's like five or more, you know, mm -hmm. when it's a multi-possession game at the end, especially when you're talking about home teams, because yeah. one would think it would be easier to make your free throws when you're playing at home, when you don't have like a hostile crowd going against you, which we do see in some of these big conferences where home court advantage is a real thing. So free throws definitely uh, are a role or are a factor for me in some of these games, especially when the spread is, you know, two and a half to five and a half. Let's go to Georgia Tech now, Chelsea, where look at this, the Yellow Jackets upset number three, North Carolina, 74-73. Georgia Tech getting eight and a half points. Georgia Tech plus 335, total set at 153. The under hits. Nathan George told his teammates before the game, it was time to pull out their big boy drawers. Guys, guys, we have number three North Carolina in town. Okay, you know what that means? Let's put on our big boy drawers. Okay, let's pull them up, lace them up if you have to, and let's play good basketball. Well, you know what? It worked because it was George himself hitting a go-ahead layup with 7.7 seconds left to play to give him 16 points on the night. So Georgia Tech, what a weird team. They had lost eight of nine. Three straight in the ACC. They end North Carolina's winning streak at 10. And Georgia Tech, despite their struggles, also now have three home wins over top 25 teams this season. So they're kind of all over the place. But a massive victory yesterday. I keep saying it. It's really hard for me to take road favorites, especially mm -hmm. in big conferences. Not that I'm saying Georgia Tech's you know, home crowd is just so raucous that UNC can't stand it. It's just we see this all the time. You know, these mm -hmm. underdogs contending when they're at home against some of the best teams in the conference. So I think you need to look long and hard before you were taking big road favorites in some of these conferences that are pretty good top to bottom. Like, I'm not looking mm -hmm. at the ACC and saying it's one of the premier conferences anymore like it used to be. Like, it mm -hmm. has some good teams, but usually it's pretty uh, top-heavy. 
But I think that is the lesson for me. As a better, I am thinking twice, three times before laying a big number with Carolina because they were laying a lot of points in this game, eight and a half, and they lost outright. Yeah. I always forget what an academic institution that Georgia Tech is. That's why they have a hard time recruiting, particularly in football, because you have to be very smart to get into the Georgia Institutes of Technology. I have one friend who went to Georgia Tech. You know what she does here in D.C.? She's an architect. Like she's super, super smart. We're going to brunch with her on a Saturday, and I'm sure she'll be talking about this win over the heels. Finally, number eight, Kansas at home beats Oklahoma State. There's not a whole lot to talk about here. 83-54 the final. Kansas laying 15 points. Kansas minus 1,700. The under hits with the total set at 144. And ho-hum, this one was never close. Hunter Dickinson and K.J. Adams each with 16 points to lead the Jayhawks. All five starters score in double figures, and they do it without Kevin McCullough Jr. But after halftime, their lead never less than 18. I cannot get used to Hunter Dickinson playing for Kansas. It's just never going to seem right to me. Yeah, it is wild, but this is the new normal in college basketball. It kind of has been, you know, this has been like the first sport that really, you know, takes advantage of the transfers, but you were talking about, you know, a team in the presence of somebody with a big presence like Jay Wright with Villanova, Uh, Morgan Freeman was at this game for Kansas. Can you imagine the voice of God? Uh, Somebody who, I don't even know how many awards he's won in the acting space, but Morgan Freeman I would be asking him to do the play-by-play. Oh, my God. I wish I could do a Morgan Freeman. He'd be like, when the Cowboys took the court, they had already lost the game. It was over from the start. Man, this was an ugly one. Coming up next year on the show, Super Bowl 58 might as well be a coin flip. But since we got plenty of time to make the bet, let's make a case for both sides. And, of course, for good measure, We'll throw in a little Tommy Brady news. It is the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. It is a Women of Wager Team Wednesday. Come on back. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Oh. How you doing, all you cool cats? Welcome to the show. It's the Chelsea and Jinx Jazz Hour. Hmm. Oh, that's David Dykstra heating it up. You know, it's bad one. Get one free this morning at the bar. If only that were the case. One more time. Coming up, we're going to make the case for each team to win Super Bowl 58. Before we get to that, let's talk about our guy, Tommy Brady, looking better than ever. So he is slated, as I think everyone knows by now, to take over for Greg Olson next season on Fox's NFL telecasts. And Tom's going to slide in there next to Kevin Burkhart and be their go-to guy, which is interesting, at least for me, from a broadcasting perspective, because Greg Olson has been fantastic. I don't know what he's going to do next. But yesterday, Tom was on the Pat McAfee show, 
talking about his broadcasting future. And this is what he had to say. Um, next year, I'm going to be calling a Super Bowl uh, for Fox, which is going to be incredible. And it, it's it's been a different experience this year watching, but I've certainly enjoyed not getting hit by Aaron Donald and and, uh, and Dominican Sue anymore and, and enjoying other parts of my life, which have been really fun. Hmm. So do you think Tom is going to be good in the booth? We assume he will. Now, he's certainly very personable. He knows the game as well as anyone. His credentials are without question, and he looks fantastic. You can just put the mute button on and say, oh, what a great game old Tommy's calling, still the GOAT. But just because you are a great football player and the greatest of all time at quarterback doesn't necessarily mean you'll be a great color commentator, and he's sliding in for someone who has been fantastic in the booth. So, How do you think Tommy's going to be? I think he's going to be good because Tom Brady Mm -hmm. does not strike me as somebody who is not going to be prepared for this role. Don't, you know, doesn't Tom Brady's whole brand, you know, based on him uh, being overprepared for everything and going the extra Mm -hmm. mile and really doing everything in his control to be the best at whatever he's doing. So I don't expect him to just, you know, slack into this and say, oh, well, you know, I've been handed this role. No, I feel like he's going to do his best to have everything that he can possibly do under his belt before actually getting the actual reps. Because I watched this entire, Mm -hmm. you know, appearance on Pat McAfee, and it was was kind of refreshing to see the honesty from him. Because he said, listen... I know there are things that I'm not going to absolutely master my first time around, but everything I can do to prepare, I'm going to do it. And look at Greg Olson. It's not like Greg Olson's been doing it for that long either. We have seen a pretty smooth transition Mm -hmm. for some of these former players and especially quarterbacks going into this role. So the information Mm -hmm. and the knowledge is certainly there. Maybe it's not going to be as smooth as some of these guys that's been doing it forever, but we have seen, you know, some of these former players jump into this role pretty smoothly. No, that's true. I, I, I did. I didn't do a deep dive, but I, did, I did stumble upon on YouTube. Some guy had, and I don't know who the color common commentary person was, but someone was claiming that this was the worst color commentator of all time in pro football, and he only lasted like a season. I think I probably told you this on the show, and I. I was laughing, not because this guy, I mean, this is a long time ago, but his calls, or at least his play-by-play, I forget which one he was doing. I think it was play-by-play, actually. And every time he would call a play, like, it was way off. Like, it wasn't even close to the point of, like, does he actually need some sort of help with his vision? He would like, Harris takes the ball outside, bounces around. Oh, and that's going to be a first down, eight yards for Franco Harris. And he got, like, three. Like, it, it was all over the place. Or fourth and one for Buffalo. Handoff, Thomas, stuffed behind the line of scrimmage, and he gets two yards. Like, I don't know what this guy was seeing. And play-by-play is obviously different from color commentary. But I, 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 I tend to think that, that you're correct here, is that when you're someone like Tom Brady, if you're driven in one area, you tend to be driven in all areas. You're not going to attempt anything unless you're absolutely as possibly prepared as you can be. And plus, this is not his first media appearance. Think about Mm. every single press conference, every single appearance that Tom Brady's done. 
not even just after the game, but also I'm sure he's been on like the tonight show. He's been on every single platform you can imagine. Also, he has a podcast. He's on Sirius XM. Don't know if you ever listened to the let's go podcast. He's pretty smooth on there. So a smart guy that certainly has the insight that I would say like 99.9% of us do not have. So he has already dipped his toe into the waters of the media I don't think this is going to be that much different because you got to remember, he's not doing play-by-play. He's just there for color. Yeah, no, it's true. I think he's going to be good. But I feel bad for Greg Olson, and that decision by Fox has received a lot of criticism, which I think is pretty rightful. Obviously, Brady is the bigger name, but Greg Olson has done a really, really great job in the booth. Okay, Tom Brady grew up a Niners fan, grew up out West. People sometimes forget that. So let's make the case for both sides and start with the Niners here when we're talking about the Super Bowl and these are artificial picks but if you're making a side or if you're making a a case for a side and that side is San Francisco what would you say I think there is a very strong case for San Francisco and number one we are seeing this line move it's moved from San Francisco minus one and a half back to minus two so clearly some money flowing in on uh, the team from the Bay Area. I think the case for San Francisco is that they have looked like the better team for the entire year. Like how much of a sample size do you really want to base your Super Bowl winner pick on? A team that has gotten hot in the last three games or a team that's looked like the best team in football, you know, for most of the year. The defense kind of frightens me for the Niners. It feels like it's been a problem over the last couple of games. But still this offense and the key to this game, I think, is the Ravens did not run the football like I thought they would against this Chiefs defense that looks susceptible to the run. If you look at that game against the Bills, Josh Allen ran all over him, got his rushing prop in the first half of this game. So if you've got somebody like Christian McCaffrey who can make just about any defense look like, you know, a high school defense, just running right up the middle, right up the gut for, you know, a touchdown, it feels like every single game. I feel like this is the advantage that the Niners can take advantage of. And plus, when you look at the other side of the coin, you look at a Chiefs team that has had some really big problems in big moments of games. You know, we haven't Mm -hmm. seen it over the last few, but over the larger sample size. When it comes down to it, it feels like there are only a few receivers on that team the Kansas city can really trust. So would it shock you if, you know, we have a play that's going to decide the game, McCole Hardman like mm-hmm. drops a pass or, you know, whoever. And, you know, that's been the theme of the entire season. So I think there is certainly a very strong case to make for mm-hmm. San Francisco winning the Super Bowl. I think there is too. First of all, I believe the Niners absolutely 100% have more playmakers. I don't think that's even a question. Do they have the better quarterback? No, they don't. But we know about McCaffrey and Devo and Kittle and Ayuk. So when they are rolling, the Niners are as good as anyone. And, And let's not forget, they are the favorites in this game. I think now the script has flipped where the Chiefs are suddenly the darlings again. And I understand why. The Chiefs are awesome. They have absolutely come alive. Mahomes, Kelsey, Andy Reid, his coaching, that defense. There is a lot to like about Kansas City. But now we're treating San Francisco like an afterthought, like they didn't just dominate the regular season, as you were mentioning. So I think from a motivational standpoint, the past couple weeks it's been, and I was one of those people because I thought the Chiefs would get eliminated. I really did. I thought the Bills would beat them. I thought the Ravens would definitely beat them. They did not. 
but also the Ravens, I think, approached that game in the worst way possible. The Ravens were still in that game late. Absolutely. No question about it. And they made just bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. Maybe the 49ers do not do that. And also, I think when everyone is on one side, then the other side is something that you should take a look at. We talk about that all the time. In last year's Super Bowl, everyone was on the Eagles. Everyone. Let's not play revisionist history here. Everyone was on the Eagles, and I thought, well, maybe the Chiefs are the right side. That's how Vegas makes its money. But ultimately, everyone here is on the Chiefs, and now the Niners are in a position they haven't been all season long, which is playing the role of underdog, at least in the public perception arena. And also, no one ever gives Brock Purdy any credit. I know he hasn't been here, but he's a much better quarterback than he's given credit for. You can make a strong case for San Francisco. Well, if we're talking about last year's Super Bowl, uh, the team that was in that Super Bowl is the Kansas City Chiefs. And once again, Patrick Holmes is getting points. It is the most simplistic handicap on the face mm-hmm. of planet Earth. But it's still a good one. Patrick Mahomes against the spread is an underdog. 10-1-1 mm-hmm. against the spread. Don't bet against Patrick Mahomes when he's getting points. This is a generational player. He is the best player in the National Football League. He's got a great head coach. And it almost mm-hmm. seems like the same formula as when Tom Brady had a great defense behind him when he was playing for the Bucks. He had a great tight end who was his security blanket in the end zone. Oh, look at Gronk. Look at uh, look at Travis Kelsey. It is the same role where nobody can stop him. Feels like Travis Kelsey is always open. Last game, you know, I kept thinking, why aren't they covering him? I think they are. They have heard of Travis Kelsey. It's just the problem is it is much easier said than done. Uh, so I think there is still a very strong case for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now that this line is two, especially if this line gets to three, it's going to take a lot for me to go against Patrick Mahomes because – uh, betting against Patrick Mahomes as an underdog has not been very profitable. Oh, yeah. You can easily make a case for the Chiefs. And that case, which you will hear over and over, like you were just saying, it's, dude, you got the best player on the planet. All right? You have a generational player. You have a head coach who is a Hall of Famer. You have a team playing better than anyone in the NFL right now. You have this quarterback we're talking about who's 10-1-1 against the number as a dog. You have a team that has nothing to lose. You have a team that has the experience. They have the hardest strength of schedule this season. You can go on and on. Chiefs are easy to make a case for, but I think, like we're talking about, you could certainly make a case for San Francisco. And again, they are the favorites in this game. Very fascinating. Coming up next here on the show, a little read and react. We are going to keep talking about the NFL. Hour two, headed your way next. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.